0: Welcome back to coffee and cannabis it's the show where i interview professionals researchers and thought leaders in the cannabis space to help bring you deeper insight into who these individuals are and how they're shaping the cannabis industry in this episode i'll be interviewing quinn shiskin quinn is the director of products innovation at valens a global leader in extraction and cannabis-based product development and in the episode We talk all about Extracts 101. You learn about extracts, while I learn about extracts. (laughs) We first chat about extract basics like winterization, the difference between a shatter and a bubble hash, and what makes the live and live extracts so special. We also talk all about the new age of cannabis extracts, like Valens' own rapid onset technology, and how the consumer demand is shifting towards new forms of extracts. And lastly, we talk all about the future of cannabis extracts from minor cannabinoids to harnessing terpenes and what it might mean for CBD to be classified as a consumer health product. Hey, just as a formal introduction, Quinn, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Absolutely. Look forward to uh, being here, Alex, for sure. Um, Excellent. Do you want me to do you want to kick right into it?
0: You know what? Let's Sound kick good? right into it. Yeah. Um You know, of course, we had chatted a little bit earlier, um, kind of about your experience, how you got involved into cannabis. But, you know, I want to hear it from, you know, from you about what you were up to before, how you got involved in cannabis. Cannabis is always kind of a part of your life um, in one way or another, right?
1: Yeah, no, cannabis has always been a a deep passion of mine for many, many years. And Hmm. I came into the sector a little bit different than uh, most, but it always started with true passion for the plant. And it started many years ago before I was in uh, oil and gas sector Hmm. before this. Uh, I did uh, 12 years up in uh, northern BC and Alberta and Saskatchewan, working on some of the world's largest projects. And I got exposed to some uh, very similarities that you saw in cannabis extraction. And Hmm. um, like looking at an open pit mine of the oil sands where, The bitumen is hidden into that sand Mm -hmm. and we're building massive refinement plans to remove that oil from that soil and turn it into a usable oil. So I had a lot of similarities that I learned up there in the oil sands of Mm -hmm. safety with high pressure gases and solvents and the safety systems that actually go alongside with those Mm -hmm. uh, to keep all the workers and us safe up there. So a lot of that knowledge uh, uh, you got to use into coming into this cannabis sector. And Mm -hmm. uh, early on, I I saw my brother playing with a a hair straightener and some parchment paper squishing some rosin
0: Mm.
1: uh, out of a nice fresh bud. And right from there, I got to use my mechanical background to build a a massive 20 ton press with nice heat controls and a big rosin press to kind of make that a commercial project. and. From there on, uh, I really went after the education portal and was fortunate enough to travel around and network with some of the largest and best cannabis alchemists in uh, in California and Las Vegas and mm. Oregon, uh, and even went to Denver a few times to learn their craft and different extraction methods from hydrocarbon to make concentrates or distillate from uh, CO2 extraction or ethanol extraction. And in doing so, uh, I was fortunate enough to build and learn my own uh, intellectual property or IP and build some SOPs around how to derive the most value out of a plant and turn it into a functional ingredient or an active ingredient to be used right. in vaporizers or edibles and a magnitude of different products. Um, and then it really kicked off when my brother introduced me to Tyler Robson. I came in for an interview at Valens and there was only three or four people in the office at that time. It was just starting out. I met Tyler, came in for an interview, and and I never left Valens from that day. Um, And right from that time, uh, it was a ton of meetings and innovation of where do we need to position Valens into this crazy cannabis sector? Mm -hmm. And looking at uh, all the large guys coming in, building these cultivation plots, we saw white space in the market for cannabis extracts in this extraction market. So Mm -hmm. Tyler gave me the, the vehicle or the keys to this vehicle. And uh, we went after building out these different extraction methods. So um, it's mm. been a, a crazy road. I've been with balance coming up five years now after wow. leaving uh, the heavy industrial mining and uh, construction. It feels like mm. a light year when there's uh, just under 10 employees and now we're over 350 people strong. And it's been absolutely incredible, the growth in this uh, amazing sector that we've been building. And um, I've been fortunate enough to be on that pioneering edge of this extraction and CPG manufacturing of mm. cannabis packaged goods.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you said five years, how have things changed from when you started in the market versus where it's at now in terms of extraction?
1: Oh, greatly. So early on, there was only like 1.0 products. When you looked at it, it was mm-hmm. flour and mm-hmm. like a tincture or sublingual based and oil, uh, products yeah. that you can consume. So yeah. we were using full spectrum resins and distillates and isolates mm-hmm. first on. But we knew vaporizers and all these 2.0, 3.0 products were coming. So. That's why we went after having all those different extraction types so we could be prepared for these uh, upcoming events of all these new products. As it started on early on, consumers were just knew what flour was, rolling up mm. joints and pre-rolls and some mm. buds. And now it's a complex consumer into vaporizers, mm-hmm. these new concentrates that are smoking in dabs and vaporizer mm. devices. So it's all about consumer education as mm-hmm. everyone is learning more and more and hungry for information of mm. why this plant is special. Why is this strain unique? And understanding that there's differences in all these plants and how they react with their systems.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely. And you know, from the even from the early days, I noticed there was a lot of different types of oils. So when I worked, um, so I worked on the, the medical side of things. And I remember we had, we had a a spreadsheet where we could compare different companies and different oils, because that was mostly how patients were consuming. And I know the guys at MedRelief, um, were doing something totally different where they, they were including, they retained something like 90% of the original terpenes, um, from, their, the flower, which to me was mind-blowing, and I could actually taste and feel the difference versus other companies that were just doing, um, you know, an MCT and stripping the terpenes. But do you find that there's a big difference in using botanical terpenes versus, let's say, have, like maintaining the original cannabis terpenes from the plant is one harder to do than, than the other?
1: Yeah, I think there's uh, there's major synergistic effects of those natural compounds within mm. the plant. Those secondary compounds, as we like to call them, mm. those terpenes and esters, yeah. flavonoids. Those are the really the heart behind that uh, the plant and the strain. So mm-hmm. when you look at uh, edible oils or vaporizing oils. I really believe in the the full spectrum, broad spectrum, and those kind of uh, terminologies mm. to deliver different experiences. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about like that resin with the terpenes and everything, like you're explaining, mm-hmm. that one is like a full spectrum resin. It has minor cannabinoids and terpenes, all that goodness of the plant in that extract itself, mm. which is very important mm-hmm. for medical benefits and experiences. Mm. As as soon as you start removing those compounds. And further refining the products into a distillate or an isolate, mm. uh, the experience or the high gets very one directional. Agreed. Like in a vaporizer device, if you have a uh, if you have a distillate based vape and you're adding botanical terpenes, you kind of have that same experience. I call it the one directional or narrow experience mm. with distillate. And if you have like a a live terpene pen, like we we have an amazing one, for example, this Verse Live Killer Kush. Mm -hmm. It is amazing, like a full spectrum, true to plant extract that has minor cannabinoids, live terpenes from a fresh frozen plant Mm. and some distillate to give a full rounded experience. And you notice it when you consume products like that, that it hits on different receptors in your body. You mm. have a different experience than just distillate. So I, I, I'm a firm believer in it, into that uh, full spectrum extract mm. or that entourage effect as it is. Uh, I like to look at it as an ensemble effect, like mm. it's uh, all coming together as one as a unison in that plant.
0: Yeah. Oh, no, definitely. And like I would personally much rather use a product that's 70 percent, but that is a whole plant. It's got like you said, the minor cannabinoids, the terpenes versus you you mentioned, you know, it might be a 92% distillate, you know, THC distillate, but it's a very shallow experience, I find. And I'm glad that you're not the only one um, that I'm not the only one that thinks that. I think that there's a big difference and that now, you know, that patients have were consumers have tried um, that, that they're willing to kind of open up their, their experiences and and try that. Um, Now, so why, why is it that a lot of companies are still, really focused on distillate. is it that much more expensive, that much harder to make, you know, a whole plant extract? And you also mentioned the term fresh frozen. So what is, if you could explain what is fresh frozen and then how, how does that kind of give, you know, extractors a leg up in, in making products?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So distillate is, um, so going back a little bit on that. So the extraction steps mm. are, you'd have that base uh, biomass, the buds or mm. trim. We usually like using buds uh, wherever we can. So you extract it into a crude resin and you go into that step called winterization, mm. uh, which is the solubilization of that crude resin into ethanol. Mm-hmm. And you do sub-zero temperatures to solubilize out the fats and waxes, mm. and you filter it out through a cascading assembly through different uh, micron size filtration papers. And there you would have a nice refined extract called a winterized resin. And that is that uh, a base resin where you'd use in that full spectrum vapes or full spectrum oils that could be considered that resin. Mm -hmm. So distillation is about removing those terpenes and increasing the Mm -hmm. potency of that extract through distilling or Mm -hmm. boiling off the, the certain temperatures of THC or CBD. So After we do that, um, distillate is a little bit more refining, so it takes Mm -hmm. a little bit more process, but we can do it at a very large scale. Mm. When you're making a really nice full-spectrum resin, it is a little bit more challenging because you need to have your temperatures in control Mm -hmm. and know what you're doing through that whole extraction, so you're not destroying or converting or losing those volatile terpenes through the process. Mm. So distillate is a little bit more refining, but it's Mm. looked at as a cheaper extract, I would say. Mm. Uh, Full-spectrum just takes more care and due diligence.
0: Yeah, no, for sure, um, and you also mentioned so. It, how how on earth do you even extract terpenes? So, like you said, they're very volatile compounds, and even if you have a you know a jar of cannabis um, and you open it up, you're immediately losing terpenes to the air, to oxidization. Mm-hmm. How does someone even extract terpenes and put that back into um, an oil or a product? What's the process there like?
1: Absolutely. So. This is where that term live and cured come into play. Mm. And there's two different ways to harvest your plant when it comes down. So at the end of your season or the end of your harvest, you can cut down that plant and you can traditionally dry it. So you hang dry it mm-hmm. 10 to 14 days and then cure it. You'll have know, that bud that's uh, in that smokable category. So from there we have cured terpenes, that meaning that some of them volatilized off, but some of them changed and transitioned to an oxidized format. Mm -hmm. Um, From there, we can use a couple different techniques to remove the terpenes. And our favorite is supercritical CO2. Hmm. And we have a specialized method that we do it. It's a, it's called a low density CO2 or supercritical CO2 strip, Mm -hmm. where when you're dictating supercritical, there's a low point and a high point where you're in the range. So we're at that very low point where we just strip that pure cannabis live terpenes or terpenes from that extract. And we can have that, we can refine that to be used in vaporizers or other processes down the road. Or we can use it through hydrocarbon extraction and use it uh, in the extract. And then we use condensers and cold traps to condense the terpenes out of solution and we collect Mm. them in cold traps to be used. So we have a few different methods to derive those cannabis-derived terpenes. Um, the highest uh, velocity we have is that supercritical CO2. Hmm. So we can do that on cured biomass, or we have methods to do it on live biomass. So meaning that at harvest time, we cut down the plants, we flash froze them and froze them uh, to maintain all that live profiles, not to lose any terpenes through drying. So it really retains all that uh, true to plant nature in it. Hmm. And then we can extract it through hydrocarbon, or a supercritical method to just capture that living plant profile. So, if you had a fresh one and a cured one beside mm-hmm. each other from the same plant, they'd be a little bit uh, different and you'd mm. notice it's a little bit fresher side on the live side, not just mm. cured and oxidized, but both, there's uh, both value in both kinds of uh, terpenes for sure.
0: Yeah, that's super interesting. I, I I like that a lot. And I like, you know, that we're talking again about the kind of the future of extracts and what extracts look like before and what they do now. Um, could you explain to me the difference between we, we had talked about, you know, if you have um, a shatter versus a, a live extract, right? Like a live rosin or I'm even seeing, seeing like hash rosins coming out now um, and these products that basically, I mean, I'll be honest, they look like spaghetti noodles. It's these long kind of strands of rosin and extracts and like, is there really a big difference between a the end result of a shatter or a rosin or is it does it just come down to, to the preference of the presser?
1: No, there's definitely a wide array of differences between these extracts. So looking at the kind of categories of how I'll kind of classify these as, you have probably four tiers of uh, concentrates that you'd look at. Mm-hmm. Shatter being like the lowest mm-hmm. uh, kind of grade. You mm-hmm. go to a cured, kind of like a crumble mid grade. Mm-hmm. Then you go into a live hydrocarbon extract. Mm-hmm. And then you go to those live rosins that you uh, mentioned there. Mm-hmm. So there's variability in each of them. And a lot of it to do is the biomass that goes in. So a mm-hmm. shatter, you'd use like a, a cured biomass. Some people use trim and popcorn mm-hmm. buds or mm-hmm. B grade buds so you can make a shatter. Mm-hmm. Then you go up that next tier where you have uh, you want more uh, more terpene values. Mm-hmm. You want a better tasting product still could be in the cured category. Mm-hmm. Like uh, we have a verse white rhino crumble that's a cured biomass, crumble consistency. And then there's that live series, which is that fresh frozen biomass. Mm-hmm. It's the more premium mm-hmm. quality where you have a living plant expressed in the extract. Very high terpene content. Um, a couple of products to look out for are those Killer Kush live batter from Verse and a Kill or and a, a live sugar diamonds with mm-hmm. a, a guava and a BC blueberry cross. Ah. Those two are going to be great representations into that live series from the Verse company. Mm. Um, and it's amazing to see that plant transitioned into an extract and the, the actual smell that you have. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. you're tasting a living plant. It's mm. uh, truly amazing. And then I would take it like a little bit one more category different Mm. than that live rosin you mentioned and that is using like fresh frozen biomass and running Mm. it through an ice water and water extraction system Mm. um, and kind of removing the trichomes with a solventless nature by using just ice and water to remove the trichomes capture them into a nice uh, Mm -hmm. resin Mm -hmm. dry them out use heat and pressure squeeze Mm -hmm. out that beautiful trichome rich Mm -hmm. resin into that product you call live rosin
0: and so sorry just to back up yeah go ahead what do you mean by using water and ice to remove (laughs) trichomes to me what what does that look like how does that process look like so
1: they call it bubble hash. And that okay. is an older traditional method used a long, long time in the legacy market. And uh, it makes uh, you use cold water, mm-hmm. like very cold water and ice. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, effectively you get the trichomes on the bud mm-hmm. to their glass transition zone where they essentially fall off the plant or the bud. And mm-hmm. they'll be collected in a slurry, uh, slurry mixture of water and plant biomass. Mm-hmm. And you filter it through different micron bags. Mm-hmm. You start with like a 220 mm-hmm. micron bag. You go to 190. You can go down to down to 45 or some people go lower mm-hmm. but the sweet spot is from like that 70 to 130 micron bags that mm-hmm. have that really nice characteristics of the mm-hmm. trichomes mm-hmm. the resin glands are all captured in there and mm-hmm. that is what you use to press into that product rosin
0: interesting okay yeah that that's good to know I, I had to go over it again because to me that sounded like uh, <laughs> so, something that I just needed to to clarify on And now how about we we also talked about the um, you know the cartridges and being able to put these products into cartridges. My my big. I think the big barrier to these extracts is that for a lot of people you need some sort of dab rig, or you can get a little yokan of you can get a pen, but that seems like a big commitment, a big barrier to be using, you know, these extracts. And that's why I really like these live cartridges that are coming out. Is there a big difference mm-hmm. in using, you know, the cartridges versus, you know, a, a dab rig? Or is it more or less the same experience? I would say it
1: can be pretty similar because you're, yeah. you're vaporizing uh, cannabinoids and terpenes, very similar. I would mm-hmm. say that when you're using a dab device and a, mm-hmm. a mechanism made for that type of product could concentrate, mm-hmm. I'm sure it's going to be a more fuller experience, a lot bigger smoke as they're designed for that. In vaporizers, mm-hmm. I find that you have that coil the resistance and that so we have a great product that we we put into it that it's a live uh terpene pen we call it mm-hmm. it's uh we have first one that came out as a killer kush mm-hmm. and that is the one that has very high terpene content bounce cannabinoids and distillate in mm-hmm. it and it mm-hmm. makes it for a really nice clean smoke but mm-hmm. that is comparable to dabs but i, I think if you're really going to get into the connoisseurs of the world that want to smoke mm. that really high potency dabs and stuff—that right. uh, electrical e nail is going to be mm. a, a more fuller smoke and a, mm-hmm. probably a bigger
0: experience. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that. That reduces the barrier to access to dabs. Um, but as my so myself, I'm not a big extract guy. What what does the market look like right now for extracts? Are most people still using dried flour? Are more people moving towards extract? Is there an increased demand and in popularity for them? I mean, especially now with 2.0. Um, available. I'm sure there's going to be more people, you know, kind of looking for that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So as uh, kind of data shows, Mm -hmm. pre-rolls and flour do very, very well. It's a continually growth category. Mm -hmm. But concentrates, if you look in legal markets in the Mm -hmm. U.S., California, Denver and Oregon, Mm -hmm. it's a steady uphill climb in this concentrate category as Mm -hmm. consumers look for a different experience from flour. Um, concentrates are, are doing well in Canada. They're slowly taking off. Mm-hmm. There's still a deep legacy market, especially here in BC and mm-hmm. other provinces of the black market still thriving in concentrates as mm-hmm. it's a different kind of consumer that has deep passion for the plant that uh, buys and consumes these. So. It's all about education and delivering a product that uh, mirrors legacy quality, right. gives all those characteristics, mm-hmm. but also have some brand trust and a story behind your product. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really went after that uh, the, the couple of products that we just got listed as they need to come into the stores. They mm-hmm. need to know that we're making good products. It's right. an affordable uh, price point. Mm-hmm. We went uh, very aggressive at the ones that we have listed. And it's a big consumer market. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of chronosers that love good high potency dabs, but also mm-hmm. there's a medical community that Mm. needs these strong potency uh, products as well as Mm -hmm. for their ailments, they really need this high consumption of cannabinoids and terpenes, Mm -hmm. that full spectrum aspect. So Mm. um, looking at the the medical market early on here in BC, uh, all these uh, concentrate products were very well consumed by all these Mm -hmm. medical patients as delivering that high potency and that uh, benefits of uh, pain or inflammation. There's not a higher potency mechanism to get it into your body, I don't think.
0: Yeah, no, I think so. In terms of efficiency, you really can't beat it, right? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But I'm also interested in, you know, the products that aren't just high THC. I remember, so back in, it must have been 2018, right before Rec. Um, legalization. Some people were trying to, some LPs were trying to do, it was a CBD um, vape pen, but there was a crystallization issue where at cold temperatures, I, I remember hearing a story of someone buying a CBD vape pen and then walking out in Calgary in the middle of the winter, and then suddenly it was rock hard and they couldn't use it. Is is that something that's still a problem now? Are companies getting closer to be, being able to have CBD extracts and CBD vapes?
1: Yeah, absolutely are. We've been working on it uh, a long time and Figured out what that issue is. And it's mm-hmm. the ca- spontaneous crystallization from when your CBD potency is getting too high. Hmm. So around that 70% CBD mark, mm-hmm. uh, your CBD will come together and crystallize hmm. as CBD is different from THC. Um, when you look at vaporizers, mm-hmm. CBD ones will crystallize, THCA ones will crystallize if you're doing like live extracts. So it's just a non-decarboxylated form. So they're opposite spectrum. So CBD has an issue for getting to that crystallization point, getting very hard to use. Mm -hmm. So you have to use a lower potency extract, or put some natural terpenes in there to suppress mm. that crystallization through uh, uh, extracts. Mm-hmm. But another one issue is, it's okay when it's in the cart format, but consumers smoke on it a little bit and it mm. removes the terpenes and increases that potency, right. then halfway down it crystallized. So huh. there's a lot of variability that you need to figure out when you're launching a CBD vape, but uh, we mm. worked on it for many, many months and I think we'll be launching one here pretty soon.
0: That's excellent, that's really good to hear. Um, and even, you know, I'm, I get scared when I think about People diluting down products, and I think a lot of people, you know, they they have this perception of vape carts. Um, If you remember the hysteria in the United States, where it was being, uh, I think it was it PG or PEG that it was being diluted with, and that was getting people popcorn lungs. But then they're also finding, you know, um, carcinogens and lead and all this garbage that people were using to dilute it because of the unregulated markets. That's the number one thing that scares me, and I think a lot of people, a lot of people that I talk to now, that maybe still use legacy markets, They'll even say I won't even touch legacy pens because that's that's something that you can mess up so easily and put a bunch of garbage in.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's something to be aware of. Was mm-hmm. extracts kind of congeal pesticides mm-hmm. and other kind of heavy metal mm-hmm. contaminants from the bud. Mm-hmm. So when you're extracting biomass, you got to be have very clean test results of biomass going in. Unre- unregulated markets just doesn't have that kind of uh, testing ability. So. Even when we get biomass in, we use the Valens Labs team to analyze all the Health Canada tests for everything possible prior going into extraction. Mm-hmm. As even stuff that has safe limits on flour after extraction, they all come together and there'll be high spikes and high levels of pesticides or other kind of heavy metal uh, contaminants. So, very important to have great analytics and great test results from start to finish of the process.
0: I think so. And, you know, even even me, I look at, you know, the mail order marijuana um, companies or, you know, legacy companies. And I think for me, it seems obvious having seen the COAs and the, you know, the quality standards that we need to uphold that, You don't know what's in Legacy Flower or maybe I'm crazy. Do you think that they are using high levels of pesticides or that the micros could be high or that there's mold issues? Do you you really think that's as commonplace or is that just fear-mongering?
1: No, I uh, I believe it is true. Like micro Mm -hmm. levels, it's very surprising how easily it's contaminated in micro-levels. And Mm -hmm. a lot of guys still spray their plants with all bunch of different contaminants. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the issue actually is contaminants from the soil. Mm -hmm. So not even knowing that from uh, pulling and leaching pesticides Mm -hmm. from the soil and root-bound issues is very, very common that we even see in the licensed producer side and the legal side of guys that had soil from even like reputable people Mm -hmm. that had levels of contaminants of pesticides or other things in them. So even on the the black market or or legacy side, I still think it's an issue. There's some guys that grow very, very high levels, great cannabis. For sure. um, In general, just the way you store it, how you grow it, what you spray on it is all transitioning into that end product and not knowing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of scary things out there.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, not knowing and then, you know, you're inhaling something. It's kind of like I, I think for a lot of people going to you know to legal grows and to licensed producers that's that's the big thing is now that they can know right um so you know we we kind of looked at the past we looked at legacy growers now how about the the future of of extracts future at valens what does that look like for you guys
1: well it's gonna be a very bright future to say the least as we're mm-hmm. just getting into our strides of all these new product categories mm-hmm. and we've been positioning ourselves to kind of execute in multiple different product categories Uh, With that life acquisition a few months back, that Mm. was really excelled us into the confectionery game, Mm. edible strategy, Mm -hmm. and allowed us to play in uh, multiple different uh, kind of products. Our first launch was a Verse baked apple and a sour manly gummies. And now we have a, a mm-hmm. double canosh, a chocolate stuffed brownie, amazing products that mm-hmm. came out of this life facility. But now we're looking at that rapid onset technology. Mm-hmm. We have the source, source technology by Valens, mm-hmm. and that is an emulsion and an encapsulation technique mm-hmm. or technology that we have that allows cannabinoids to be suspended and water soluble in different kind of products, mm-hmm. being taste free and smell free, but also have a rapid onset, which is the key coming into these new kind of categories, I believe, as taking a traditional edible or beverage, Mm -hmm. you're waiting that 45 minutes, two hours, depending on your body type. Having products like the source technology allows for consumption that you Mm -hmm. feel you're experiencing to Mm -hmm. five to 20 minutes depending on your body, Mm -hmm. but allows you to have, say it's in a beverage complex. Mm -hmm. So we have a bunch of new beverages coming out as we went all in on beverages on a new facility in Ontario, getting licensed any single day here. We're just waiting for Health Canada to allow it. But that's going to allow us to have huge demand on beverages and allow consumers to have one or two mm. or three beverages because you can ex- feel the experience right. uh, rapidly. Right. And that's the key to consumption in these different categories, mm. I think, is you don't want to wait an hour with your buddies mm. or two mm. hours to feel your experience. You want to drink your beverage and feel something like you just had a beer or a glass of wine. Yeah. So cool technology like that we have, the source technology, it's going to be in a bunch of different products. One of the coolest ones I've seen it's uh we just released launch, it's THC and CBD drops, two Mm -hmm. different SKUs, Mm -hmm. but it's that source technology that's in it. So it's Mm -hmm. in a bottle with a dropper and you Mm -hmm. can really dictate whatever potency you want in your edible platform. Mm -hmm. So you can cook with it. You can put it in under your tongue. You can put it into your water and really dictate if you want two milligrams or 50 milligrams, you can do that. And it's going to have that taste-free, smell-free aspects but it's going to be that rapid onset technology. Mm -hmm. So they're just got into market. People are just learning how to consume them, but Mm -hmm. it's giving them uh, that functional um, uh, way to be able to consume as many milligrams as Mm -hmm. they want or choose uh, that day. So it's a great product to come out. But looking down the future, it's into health and wellness stuff is coming out Mm -hmm. where it's calorie wise, low Mm -hmm. calorie intake, no sugar, no refined sugar. Mm -hmm. We have uh, some great products coming out through life that have really great high-quality sugar or high-quality chocolate Mm -hmm. sourced from Colombia. It's an amazing trade program, but no sugar added. Great uh, diabetic products, actually, Mm. that uh, are coming out through life. So we're seeing a more educated consumer, a more tailored uh, consumer Mm. that wants um, those great brownies, all that great Mm -hmm. stuff, but also a more calorie-wise and health-conscious consumer Mm. um, that's looking for that daily consumption. Right. And we see that in uh, a few products of like that daily model of, Mm -hmm. I want this, 20 milligrams or 10 milligrams of Mm -hmm. CBD in a 30 or 60 pack of gummies. A lot of cool products coming down in that area with that rapid source technology. Mm. So it's all about that. I think it's a new delivery mechanisms, new flavor profiles, Mm. um, but understanding having great IP behind them is where you want, where we envision is having that source technology on the back of the label and Mm. people understanding if it's in a beverage or an edible or Mm -hmm. chocolate, that it's a superior technology for all those reasons of taste free, smell free, but also rapid onset. Mm. And that is the uh, consistency that we want to deliver to the consumers of Mm -hmm. IP technology at the end of the day really wins. Uh, consumer favorite products with uh,
0: all those great uh, attributes. Definitely, and I I I need to ask a little bit more about the technology because my understanding was, I tried to make a rapid onset beverage before and and succeeded. I'll I'll say, and what I had to do was basically take an oil, a fat oil, and emulsify it. Right, you surround it by a carb. In this case, I use maltodextrin, and then that way, you know, it's rapid onset because your body digests it as, as a carb versus a fat, which is quicker. But, of course, this was done on my stove, very rudimentary, uh, n- probably not very professionally or scientifically done. What does modern nano emulsification techniques look like? How does that work?
1: yeah, you're uh, you're pretty much nailed it up right in the head mm-hmm. there as it's very similar to that as you're mm-hmm. protecting the molecule and then you're changing mm-hmm. its particle size mm-hmm. uh, to a planned particle size. So you can suspend it in different aqueous environments if it's mm-hmm. in a beverage. Mm-hmm. So we do density bouncing of uh, a weighting of the product so we can have it perfectly matched for the different types of beverages that we put it in. But you got it exactly right. We're protecting it. We're mm-hmm. changing its particle size. Mm-hmm. So it's absorbed and uh, uh, it's absorbed and uptake a lot quicker through the system. Mm-hmm. So uh, what we do, it we do large, huge batches of it through high shear mixers. And we run through homogenizer to get it to that mm-hmm. perfect particle size. Mm-hmm. But the really advantage of this one is stability because mm-hmm. there's a lot of technology on the market today that I still find is inferior due to a few facts of so it's falling out of suspension. It's sitting on the side of the containers, creaming or sedimentation, but it has like a layer of film on your teeth. Hmm. Like there's still beverage out there. You drink, it still tastes bitter, film on your teeth. This hmm. source technology does not have that. And hmm. that's what I think the key advantages of hmm. many different formats is it, it doesn't have that bitter taste, no film on your teeth, hmm. but it's very homogenous and stable. Hmm. So when a beverage, your first sip, potency is the same as your last sip mm-hmm. meaning it's completely homogeneous from top to bottom and shelf stable for a couple of years now we've got studies on it so it is uh, mm-hmm. definitely a superior ip in the sector
0: and what is it that caused that causes that bitter taste because i you <laughs> you're just bringing bringing me back memories now of trying some some water soluble drops and it was super super bitter what is it what is it that causes that
1: so it's, it's from the extract they put in there. So THC, like distillates mm. and those compounds mm. have a really bitter nature. And mm. it's from the, some of the high boiling terpenes that mm. are in there that mm. cause that bitterness. And it just gets translated into their IP. Mm. So when you're doing these encapsulation techniques or these um, different kind of uh, processes, you have to start with a really nice refined extract that has all those terpenes removed and high potency extract, nice clarity. Then you do your emulsion technology onto that. And that's what we do with the, the source technology to remove that bitter taste, encapsulate mm-hmm. it and protect it properly so it's suspended completely. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have that film on your teeth. Mm-hmm. so. Bitter is uh, hard to hide. We mm-hmm. just uh, we can put it in straight up into water and Great. drink it down. You won't have any taste in your mouth. So sounds good um, to me. <laughs> if you haven't seen those verse <laughs> THC and CBD mm-hmm. drops, the ones in the bottles, mm-hmm. you got to try the technology and yeah. uh, it'll be blown away of how you can't taste anything mm-hmm. and you get high in uh, ten minutes there. So excellent. I'm going to have stuff. to keep
0: my eyes out. I'm on the market. I'm, I'm on the market to find new drops because I love the beverages. Um especially some of the ones that are 10 milligrams, but oh my God, I can't pay $10 for a drink. Imagine you you buy a six pack and it's $60, right? It's just a lot more cost effective to be able to just kind of dose at your leisure, right? Oh. Fully agree. Um, we're
1: <laughs> working hard on bringing down those beverage costs. Mm-hmm. As we need to be comparable and competitive. So mm-hmm. that new uh, facility of ours coming online, the Palmies facility, mm-hmm. 200 bottles a minute fill rate. Excellent. We're going to try to lower those costs mm-hmm. to be more affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, but those verse drops, you got to try them if mm-hmm. uh, you want a little bit higher consumption mm-hmm. and put it in any kind of beverage or coffee or cooking or salad dressing. Very functional.
0: I'm writing this down because I need to make sure I remember uh, when I pay my local dispensary visits the first drops they're in Ontario right okay I'll sh- uh yeah the, the other thing I want to to talk about is, you know, we were talking about future outlook and future products. There's been, you know, kind of I, I remember seeing there were some CBN drops, some CBN and some THC drops, which is really funny because we don't really know. You know, there's claims that all oh, this could help with sleep, even though the actual data is. Is kind of up in the air. There was one study done with like 10 participants that said, yeah, maybe more sleepy than, you know, traditional, um, you know, just THC by itself. But, you know, where do you guys see yourself positioning for things like CBDA, THCA, THCV, CBG, all these new products online? Are you also going to kind of try to make the products before the consumers want them or are you going to maybe match their demand as it comes?
1: So we're doing both in all aspects. So mm-hmm. so we got a tremendous science team uh, at Valens. Our, mm-hmm. our head of R and D, Richard, mm-hmm. uh, does it. In his entire team, are doing tremendous work in mm-hmm. this minor cannabinoid mm-hmm. isolation and synthesis to make all these different derivatives. Mm-hmm. So we just uh, conducted a CBN gummy sensory trial at Valens, mm-hmm. actually, where we brought in a bunch of employees. We tried our new CBN nice. and THC gummies. They were an yeah. absolute hit. So um, we use our research license to achieve Mm -hmm. kind of those sensory panels, Mm -hmm. but we are playing very heavily in minor cannabinoids as CBN is going to be coming very quickly. You'll see it in a few different products. It's about educating the consumer of why it's different or how to use Mm -hmm. it. We cannot make any functional claims or tell them right, why but right. there's a little bit more research coming there's more mm-hmm. products coming out so i'm hoping uh to deliver some more education kind of seminars mm-hmm. on it and giving that behind the scenes talk of why it's important yeah but really cbn is coming you see in a few different products mm-hmm. cbgs that next one as mm-hmm. canada just got a couple strains into our hemp uh, mm-hmm. varieties that approved high cbg strains interesting so this year was the first year they're growing and I got the first rate of refusal on a couple of crops coming down this year and we're really going to be extracting CBG into uh, distillates and isolates and different mm-hmm. products. And the uniqueness about CBGA is it's the perfect precursor to synthesize into a lot of different minor cannabinoids. Mm-hmm. So once we have that in abundance, we'll be able to play in these THCVs and other products mm-hmm. that can be derived more easily through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're, we have a, a lot of technology. We do chromatography and mm-hmm. centroputical, or centrifugal chromatography mm-hmm. and a bunch of different techniques to make all these minors. And mm-hmm. Yeah, the Valence team is uh, very focused on deriving them, making mm-hmm. them safe, CBN had some concerns of how to make it as right. all the high temperatures that go into it. Mm-hmm. What are these random peaks when you're testing it mm-hmm. uh, to see what's in there? So mm-hmm. we're characterizing those and learning how to what those are before uh, we release any products to market
0: yeah well i mean even cbn on paper sounds really difficult because that's from it's most present aged cannabis flower right so is does that mean you know you can't Mm -hmm. grow so i could grow in a facility um a couple thousand plants and then know that i'm going to extract thc but now how do you go and find CBN, unless you have, you know, that old inventory, you could extract it from yeast, but again, you're not quite getting the minor cannabinoids or the terpenes or the whole, the, the whole picture, right?
1: Yep. So there's a few different ways to get CBN. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it comes in the flower. So Mm -hmm. I've seen some strains and some people that are geneticists that are growing more Mm -hmm. abundance of these minor cannabinoids Mm -hmm. in the strains themselves. Mm -hmm. But right now, the way that we're doing it is we're synthesizing it from THC um, distillate mm-hmm. or CBD isolate. Mm-hmm. So we have two different methods mm-hmm. to convert those molecules or convert those cannabinoids into CBN. I really like using uh, CBD as it's a, a more of a, a high purity molecule. We mm-hmm. convert it to CBN with some good efficiencies. Um, but that is the most abundant way to make CBN today, mm-hmm. as it is now kind of being grown into the plant. You can do some pre work on the plant to convert a little bit before extraction, mm-hmm. but the main uh, work right now is being done on mm-hmm. isolate or THC based.
0: Mm. And, and how about acid? So I've seen THCA crystals. What does that mean? And is, is it harder? Is it a different process to get CBD and THCA?
1: Yeah, absolutely is. So those are the acidic forms of the cannabinoids, Mm -hmm. meaning that they have not been decarboxylated. Mm -hmm. So when you start with, uh, I always look at if you have a raw bud, it's Mm -hmm. Mm THCA that's in that bud. Mm -hmm. So if you ate that bud, you wouldn't get high, you wouldn't Mm -hmm. get an experience very much. Mm -hmm. You need to activate it by putting it into heat. Mm -hmm. So that's the process called decarboxylation, where you heat up the molecule, you take that acidic uh, form and you take off that acid. Now you just, or that carbon chain, you just have... THC. So essentially, you activate it. So when you want to isolate THCA or CBDA, it is more challenging through the process. If you have any heat in your extraction mm. or your purification steps, you can convert it. Hmm. So, one of the ways that we like to do it is through hydrocarbon extraction, mm-hmm. and that is using cryogenic temperatures and frozen biomass and mm-hmm. fresh frozen biomass. So it's straight THCA. We extract it into our extract and then we use different methods to precipitate that uh, crystals into form. Mm-hmm. So that's the best way to get THCA uh, for diamonds and concentrates mm-hmm. or products that have that out there. But mm-hmm. that is uh, the opposite. So CBDA mm-hmm. won't crystallize, mm-hmm. but CBD does. Interesting. THCA does crystallize, THCA won't. Man, uh... So those are the opposites of how they react, right? Mm-hmm. So um, through the process is to isolate CBDA and THCA mm-hmm we've worked on some really cool methods to do it out of uh, uh, an Mm -hmm. ethanol based extract Mm -hmm. and precipitate it out. It's a very cool technology, but Mm -hmm. that stuff is coming as there's a lot of cool science coming out of Mm -hmm. it can be five to 10 times more powerful than CBD, these acidic cannabinoids. So I think there's going to be a bright future there with more education. Mm -hmm. We've been working on it for a couple of years now, how to stabilize them and make Mm -hmm. it into a consumer product. Mm -hmm. Um, But like you said, education is going to be everything. Consumers Mm -hmm. need to know why they're taking this or why it's Mm -hmm. there different. And that's challenging in the Canadian sector, but we're looking uh, uh, to push the paces and at least have all these cannabinoids available put them in different products mm-hmm. do stability tests mm-hmm. and be ready for the sector as they're as they're coming up as uh, we want to turn the machine mm-hmm. on and not be behind the, uh, right. the whole uh, a line of people getting into it as we we went after extraction early on and mm-hmm. driving value from that plant and having different active ingredients mm-hmm. in minor cannabinoids mm-hmm. and all the majors mm-hmm. that's uh, our bread and butter
0: yeah no I I love that and, and sorry if I'm dense and if I missed it but if if you had a thCA crystal and then you heated it or put on a dab rig would that then convert into delta nine and is that that's pretty much the same thing as maybe a shatter or an extract
1: that's exactly it Mm. most concentrates you see in the market if it's a a batter or Mm -hmm. shatters those are mainly thca Mm. so as soon as Mm. you heat it up on your nail or your vapor coil that is the the conversion to get Mm. you high into that delta nine
0: Mm. that makes sense that's great and then what? one more thing and it just again it just popped into my mind was this this Kind of um, people exploring Delta 8 and the United States. I don't know anything about Delta 8, um, but there's some some people are using it as a workaround because, of course, they can't get Delta 9 in the legal state. Do you know anything about Delta 8 and why there's such a craze about it right now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Follow it very heavily as Mm. uh, we just moved into the U.S. market with that uh, Green Roads acquisition. Mm -hmm. So they're uh, the secondly largest privately held CBD company in North Mm -hmm. America. But from there, I've been really looking at products and what to do in the North American or the US space. Mm -hmm. And Mm Delta-8 is really hot. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're staying away from playing with just with all the legislation Mm -hmm. or the the stuff coming around it as they're using the Farm Bill hemp. So they're using legal US hemp Mm -hmm. as CBD isolate or CBD distillate, and they're converting it to a Delta-9 or a D8 molecule, Mm -hmm. which does have some psychotropic effects similar to THC or Mm Delta-9, but a little bit less effective. Um, so it's a kind of a workaround right mm. now into these unlegal states mm. that don't have THC products, mm-hmm. that they're using Farmgate or Farm Billham. Mm. Transitioning into vapes and mm-hmm. edibles and mm-hmm. selling it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even seen some uh, papers come out just really recently that mm-hmm. they're stopping it in a, a bunch of legal states, even in the U.S. Yeah, just to stop the the transportation and the conversion to sell these products. Mm-hmm. As there's, I've read some studies and talked to a few friends in the U.S. and Denver that have been analyzing and testing these products of mm-hmm. Delta 9 mm-hmm. and even CBN to mention it. That there's a lot of scary stuff that's yes. happening to these edibles as. Mm-hmm. They're putting immense heat, like 300 degrees Celsius to these extracts <laughs> to convert them to these different products. Right. So what does that do these terpenes and mm-hmm. these other minor uh, constituents right. within that extract that can turn into a benzene or to these other harmful products? Mm-hmm. And they've been testing products available in the market and they're finding a lot of scary stuff in mm-hmm. those. So mm-hmm. um, it's an area that uh, is a workaround in the U.S. People mm-hmm. made some money off it. Mm-hmm. They're doing well on it. Uh, At Valens, we just uh, did a a method to make Mm -hmm. Delta-8 in-house and found a really safe way to do it and convert it. So we have some Delta-8 stuff we've been working on for several months now. Mm -hmm. It's unique. It's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. It is a little bit more of a a different experience when you consume it, if you vape it Mm -hmm. or you have an edible. Mm -hmm. Your high is different than uh, THC Delta-9. So it's going to be an interesting product that, uh, that we've been working on and continue to.
0: Yeah, good. No, I'm I'm glad I I'm I'm glad I asked and it's really interesting that because of illegality people have had to find these workarounds and in doing so they've found something that acts a little bit differently than Delta 9. I I, th- I think that's really funny. Um, uh, another Another point on future outlook and how it involves you guys is the move, the moving of CBD into being. A, is, is it a consumer health product, CHS, now in Canada? There's rumors of it being maybe yeah. you know converted into a consumer health product in 2023, which, as far as I understand, means you might be able to buy it in um, gas stations and grocery stores. What does that look like for you guys? I'm sure that would mean that a lot. You're going to have a lot more demand because you're going to have a lot more people that can buy it, right?
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, all great news for us Mm. as we're massive producers of CBD active inputs and Mm. then we also manufacture all the products that CBD would be Mm. available over the counter if Mm. it's at a gas station and you want Mm. it in a beverage or a water. Yeah, we have the technology, we have the firepower of the manufacturing Mm. to supply all this kind of over the counter demand as that's really where the health and wellness categories come Mm -hmm. into these different products of like bath bombs and creams Mm -hmm. and lotions and topicals. Mm -hmm. When you look at a a product, if you're at a a general pharmacy and you Mm -hmm. see a lip balm with CBD or non-active and the price is okay, you're probably gonna go after the CBD one. And that's Mm -hmm. where we really see increased demand and the familiarization of it in all Mm -hmm. consumer products. Mm -hmm. If it's in a a product that you understand Mm -hmm. and you daily consume or you like to use regular putting CBD in it is just going to add benefit to their lives or their experience. So they're going to graduate or they're going to gravitate mm. to that product just mm. naturally. Right. As we've been trending data from this Green Roads team that we're just uh, uh, coming together on and kind of working on a bunch of projects together, we see the trends of the sales consumers. We're kind of seeing what they want in CBD and it is, uh, it's amazing how much CBD consumption there is in the US mm-hmm. when it's available over the counter and mm-hmm. distributed uh, kind of nationwide we're going to see that same massive accelerated mm-hmm. growth here in the, in Canada. And we are, can't wait for it as yeah. we're prepared on manufacturing. We're prepared to mm-hmm. get all the CBD extract mm-hmm. and, really look forward to have it uh, available everywhere
0: i would too i think that's super exciting i'm glad that it the you know the access is going to be more available and that people could could get it at their drugstore at their grocery store instead of having to go to you know dispenser or go through the ocs and hopefully that should lead to some price compression too right um i remember again medical model early 2018 late 2017 it was something like capsules were almost like two fifty for a capsule for a twenty milligram capsule, and I'm sure that's going to change, right? Um, but that's also going to change, you know, according to input material. And just as kind of, you know, a final question in in CBD, is there a big difference in an end product if you're using a hemp-derived CBD versus a cannabis-derived CBD? No,
1: the hemp plant and cannabis plant are the same plant at mm-hmm. the end of the day. When you, you were kind of growing into these new different uh, species or mm-hmm. these new strains. Um, So CBD is the same molecule if you get it from either one. Mm -hmm. It's just the abundance and outdoor growth. So when you do it in hemp, Mm -hmm. they do massive orchard style where they grow the plants like Mm -hmm. big cannabis plants or they do like the fiber style where they're very small and and tall and very Mm -hmm. close together. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're seeing cannabis plants be outside and Mm -hmm. be called hemp that are getting 14, 15, 16% CBD in them Mm -hmm. that have big, beautiful buds on Mm -hmm. top of them. So they're looking like cannabis plants, but they're hemp. So Hmm. they're essentially the exact same plant. They're just growing out to have genetics, to have CBD or THC. Uh, But you see in the US and Denver, they have smokable hemp category that they almost have all the strains that we have in THC, but they're genetically uh, growing to have all CBD and no THC. So smokable hemp's a big thing that's coming as uh, people Mm. love smoking, consuming CBD. And it's that again, workaround to get Mm. into that market, having Mm. a product. People want to consume uh, uh, vaporizing or mm. uh, bud consumption. So yeah. We're seeing a big change in uh, hemp quality from the first year we bought hemp. It was mm. 3 4%. Now mm. we're getting 12%, 14 15% <sighs> hemp that actually has terpene noses. Yeah. It smells great. Good. It's got big sugar buds on mm. top of it. So we've seen even the last three, four years, incredible mm. growth into our, our hemp growers mm-hmm. as They've learned a lot of how to grow good products and they look like big cannabis farms. It's Mm. amazing.
0: And just again, another reason why now that there's a legal market, we can see that there is demand for CBD. I can tell you for as a fact that I don't think, you know, 10 years ago, someone was going to their legacy dealer and saying, hey, do you have any CBD genetics? (laughs) And the ones at the time, even if there were, Mm -hmm. like you said, it smells like hay. It's the high myrosine. There's not really a nose to it, not any terpene. So I'm so excited that now people can have CBD experiences that are maybe like, you said um, you know related to a strain they have different profiles so that's something you know personally I'm a big CBD guy I'm excited to get my hands on some high-quality CBD products I hope you can deliver it to me myself here in Ontario Uh, and I'm excited for that future outlook
1: yeah lots of uh, lots of great things like you said easy access Mm -hmm. price coming down Mm Uh, That's the big one. You want to consume 100 Mm -hmm. milligrams a day. Well, it's Mm got to be affordable. So uh, we're working on the initiative to get bigger throughput, Mm -hmm. better cost of goods Mm -hmm. on our hemp. And Mm -hmm. we're seeing that happen as it's a commodity at the end of the day. So Mm -hmm. sourcing it and being efficient Mm -hmm. is where we really win. And every day we strive to Mm kind of lower our cost, be Mm -hmm. better at what we do as it's uh, very competitive out there. And we want to stay on the, the top of that shelf.
0: Excellent. Hey, things look good. I think you're the right man in the right place. I think the future looks good for you guys. I'm I'm super excited, and I want to thank you so much for coming on and chatting. Um, where can everyone stay in uh, stay up to date on yourself and what's going on at Balance? Yeah, absolutely. You can follow me on
1: LinkedIn at Quinn Shiskin or Instagram at Mm -hmm. uh, Q-S-H-I-S-K, Shisk. or follow The Valance Company. Follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn and uh, uh, Twitter. So we always are posting uh, behind the scenes videos and pictures, Mm. especially myself. I love getting on the floor, getting Mm -hmm. with the team, showing a little bit behind the uh, scenes of all the cool products we make and uh, doing the MTV Cribs, showing a little behind (laughs) the scenes. What we do get people excited Mm -hmm. about all our great products and it resonates. We Mm -hmm. do amazing, great things and getting to show the people and mm. getting to understand where their products come from goes a long way Love so it. Uh, thanks for having me today much appreciated for everything you do in the education the mm. content and uh, thanks again for having me today
0: hey I appreciate it let me keep you on the if you enjoyed the episode and you want to hear more from Quinn if you want to stay in touch with what's going on at Valens, Give him a shout. Give Valens a follow. And of course, you know the drill. If you want to hear more from me, give me a shout. It's Coffee Cannabis Podcast on Instagram, coffeecannabis.ca. Shoot me a message. What do you want to see more of? Who do you want to see on the show? And as always, two weeks for the next episode. See you then.